Cause sometimes I be right Hello Welcome To the show <laughs> I'm back Feeling pretty good too Pretty pretty good too <laughs> Feels good to be back home In Trash Can Studios After a, a few week hiatus It's uh trashier than ever <laughs> holidays recently passed and trash can studios got a, a bit more trash in it you know that's what happens when you're married they throw everything in the studio anyway welcome back cyber family this is your first time joining us welcome this is sometimes i'd be right i am your host john farris reporting live from trash can studios as always joined by my co-host wally say what up wally Feeling good, man. Listen, uh, last week there was no show uh, because of COVID. I had COVID, not just because of COVID, but I had, yes, in fact, gotten COVID. Uh, Luckily, I had a a mild case of COVID, so I had some fever, um, some sore throat, lots of fatigue, very fatigued. But uh, we got through. We got through, luckily. Uh, My son actually got COVID as well. He got through. He's good. He's feeling uh, back to himself now. Wife didn't get it. <laughs> At least not yet. There's, there's still a chance she could come down with something. But we're all good. We're all good over here. So I had to miss last week's episode. And uh, I, I I tried to at least give you predictions. Um, I understand the audio was trash. But I was recording on a, a different laptop. Real thrown together just to get something out. I was feeling like crap when I did that. So Apologies. But we're back. Uh, better than ever, baby. Ready to go. And listen, after uh, Wild Card Weekend, look, man, I, I got a lot to say. And I'm not going to lie to you. Um, I understand that in this business, right, of talking sports, it's you, you got to hide your bias. You got to hide your fandom. Whatever team it is you're rooting for, you got to kind of Keep it under wraps. Don't be so biased. But I'm a Cowboys fan. Uh, And this weekend, I wish I could tell you I was surprised, but I wasn't. I wish I could tell you because I wasn't surprised, I wasn't upset by it, but I was. (laughs) So I'm not going to lie to you. A lot of this show, I'm going to spend a lot of time dealing with the Cowboys. I got a lot to say. And last week, I actually, uh, one of the topics I had, I was I was working on ready to go was the idea of did the Cowboys make a mistake signing Dak Prescott to the contract they did. They gave him it was a four year hundred sixty million dollar contract, I believe. Uh he's making forty million dollars a year. And uh at the time I thought it was a mistake to sign him. Um and I have reasons now why I think it was definitely a mistake. Oh, hold up, man. Wally falling all over me. <laughs> go over here. There you go. Anyway, so we're going to get into that later. But first, I want to start with some quick hits. That's right. Some uh, some topics that don't really mean anything. Kind of insignificant, but we'll start with those first. Um, so it, it came out, I believe, last week, late last week, that um, within the next week or two, Canelo was going to be announcing his next opponent for a May 7th fight. And... Uh, a report came out that the boxing purists really wouldn't like this choice 
of his next opponent. And then, uh, of course, media doing what they do. They started speculating. What does that mean? Does that mean he's not fighting a, 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 a recognized boxer? And they immediately went to Jake Paul. And then Jake Paul commented on it with three frozen face emojis. <laughs> right? Now... That's not the funny part. None of that means anything. But the reason why I wanted to bring this up was because there's actually reports and people reporting the idea of is this Jake Paul hinting at the fact that he is, in fact, the next opponent. Now, this has me conflicted, right? Because a big part of me really, 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 really hopes that it's true, that his next fight is, in fact, with Jake Paul because Jake Paul will be brutally, savagely beaten, okay, by Canelo, who is far and away superior in every way, boxing-wise, compared to Jake Paul. The problem is, Jake Paul's not about winning the fight. So losing does nothing to him. What he gets is the win because all he wants is the payday. All he wants is the money associated with that fight. Right, Fighting Canelo, Cinco de Mayo weekend, big fight weekend, big fight, big fight, or big match. He's going to get at least $20 million for that one single fight. Now, put that in perspective, reportedly he made $40 million last year total from boxing. He's going to get half of that in one fight with Canelo. Right? And he's young enough, and he's dumb enough, and he's naive enough to think there's a chance. Canelo's going to be moving up in weight. We're probably going to be fighting at 190. Um, I got a chance. I could punch. You got no chance. Okay? But that's what the conflict is for me. Because I don't want to root for this fight. Because I don't want Jake Paul, someone who's in the game for the wrong reason, so to speak. It's like if you're only in it for the paycheck and as soon as you get the paycheck, you're going to walk away and leave. Then stop filling up headlines and all this nonsense about how you care about fight or pay and how you care about the sport and how you care about bringing attention to the sport and you're such a fan of boxing. You're not. It's a payday for you. It's honestly, it's an easy way for you to make money. Now, not saying training is easy, but if you're making that kind of money, makes it a little easier. (laughs) And you're not really starving yourself to get to a weight because you're fighting at whatever weight you choose to be, right? So I don't want him to get his way, basically. I'm being a hater. (laughs) I don't want him to get his way. But at the same time, I do want to see him get beat up by an elite level fighter. But either way, uh, put it this way, I don't think it's happening. No way. I don't think Canelo wastes his time with that. Especially not now. There's, There's no benefit to it. Secondly, that also transitions as well to the uh, Floyd Mayweather is contracted to fight against the young kid. I don't remember his name, and I don't care enough to know his name. Uh, Either way, he's a young YouTube kid, YouTube sensation, father's a billionaire over in Dubai. They're going to be fighting over there in October. It's an exhibition fight. Again, easy money for Floyd. Here's why I want to talk about it. Floyd needs to be careful and stop messing with these young guys. I know it's Floyd. I know it's Floyd Mayweather. So I know the the conventional wisdom is, oh, he's going to beat this kid easy. Even at his worst day, at his advanced age, not training, he's fine. But the truth is, not this kid, because this kid, garbage, okay? But somebody, somebody 
going to lay a hand on Floyd because he's going to be older. Floyd, I'm talking about, is going to be older, a little slower, and he's going to end up getting caught with something because these young kids, they want to beat him. Now, are they skilled enough to do it? No. But you mess around and get hit from the wrong kid, it's night-night. So you better stop playing around. This is it. After this one, you got to go. You got to go. It's over. No more. Next, final quick hit. Listen, I heard the other day, um, I believe it was around the horn on ESPN, one of the guys was talking about Baker Mayfield and the Browns and how Browns fans are tired of Baker Mayfield and the Browns organization might be ready to move on from Baker Mayfield. And this guy was making a case and saying, look at all the dysfunction. This team was a mess until Baker Mayfield got there. And then look at the turnaround. He's been the best quarterback for a long time for them. All right. I'm tired of this, okay? We need to stop. Baker Mayfield is not the only new addition to that roster in the last five years. Matter of fact, in the last 10 years. He's not the only new player they have. Okay? It wasn't like the 0-16 Lions drafted Baker Mayfield, and that's all they got that offseason was Baker Mayfield, and then they went 10-6. and It's not what happened. Cleveland has been bad for a long time. They've been having the number one pick a couple times. They've been in the top 10 every year. They've drafted top 10 corners, top 10 defensive ends, top 10 linemen, top 10 running. Like they've drafted elite level talent. And then they added Baker Mayfield to it. And that's why the team now took a step. And you know what happened? Baker Mayfield took a step back. The team took a little bit of a step back. Why? They're a quarterback short. They need a quarterback to kind of push them over the edge. Because what they do is they run the ball so well. Right? Cleveland runs the ball so well. Nick Chubb is elite. That offensive line, elite. They run the ball very well. So the defense is going to guard against the run. Do everything, sell out to stop the run, and 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 let the quarterback have man-to-man coverage. And what you need is a quarterback that could take advantage of that. And what happened was two years ago, Baker Mayfield was taking advantage of that. He was having a good year. Not a great year, a good year. And everyone, as they always do, because for whatever reason, sports, media, and personalities refuse to advance the thought process, and they all say, he's going to get better. He's only going to get better. No, he could get worse. <laughs> he could just be having a really good year where things seem to just work out for him. You know, one of those years where you throw five passes directly to a defender and they get dropped. Ooh, got away with one there. And then you know what? The next year, that cornerback catches it. Hey, that happens. There's years like that where you might throw 17 interceptions. You're not worse than the year before. Just that the year before, seven of those didn't get caught. They got dropped. So you had 10 interceptions. You understand what I'm saying? But for whatever reason, we always keep assuming Baker Mayfield had a good year. 
The team did well. They're going to be better next year. Not necessarily. So much changes in football. Every team adds and removes so many pieces that from year to year you can't assume anything. And that's the problem the league always has. And that's the problem sports media always has is assuming all things equal. Everyone's going to be a little better next year. And there they go. They're going to take off. And then they don't. And then they look at the team and say, they underachieved. No, they didn't. You were expecting something that wasn't real. I'm getting animated. You could tell I'm feeling better. (laughs) Either way, the point is stop crediting the quarterback with so much and stop blaming him for so much. Let's keep the blame in line with where it should be. Baker Mayfield is okay. He's average. Middle of the road, right? In the NFL, you have so many talented quarterbacks that he's going to fall to the bottom tier. I haven't done my ranking yet, (laughs) but it's close, okay? I haven't decided if I want to go in and fully rank 1 through 32 or if I just want to do, like, tiers, like elite level, good, like, you know, I don't know. I haven't decided yet, but that's the hold up on it, in case you're wondering. But don't, but Baker Mayfield shouldn't be looked, the Browns shouldn't look at Baker Mayfield as should we keep him based on the fact of look how well our franchise has progressed because of Baker, because it's not because of Baker. It's not. Baker might be the reason why you guys took a step back this year because he wasn't holding up his end of the bargain. But it's not all his fault. It's not all his credit either. Okay, let's talk about this this report that came out that uh, Frank Vogel's job with the Lakers is in serious jeopardy. He's going to be evaluated on a game-by-game basis and could be fired if progress isn't seen. Huh. Isn't that interesting? You know what... Here's the problem, okay? Frank Vogel. Did anyone talk about Frank Vogel when they won the championship? When they won in the bubble, when they when they won their title, did anyone say, man, what an amazing job by Frank Vogel keeping this team together, keeping them focused? Did anybody? No. Does anybody think that they won because of Frank Vogel? No. Does anyone think they're losing because of Frank Vogel? Nah. But somebody has to be to blame, right? Somebody's got to take a fall for this. The team's underachieving. They're not as good as we thought they were. Hey, you know who didn't think they'd be good? Uh, me. Hey, remember when they got Russell Westbrook? I don't even... Was I even doing the show? I don't even know if I was doing the show, to be honest. I don't know if I've ever said it on the show. But... For me, it was like, I, this isn't exciting at all. This seems like a bad idea. It seems like a bad fit. It seems like Russell Westbrook needs to have the ball. He needs to control the flow of the game to get his triple doubles. That's who he is. And if you have another guy on the team like that, LeBron, who also needs to kind of control the flow of the game, that seems like a bad mix. How are those two who like to do the same thing going to actually do the same thing 
and be successful. And then you throw in Anthony Davis, who I've never bought into, who I still don't buy into. You can tell me how talented he is. I don't care about talent. Number one, are you available to play? And number two, are you consistent? Anthony Davis is not consistent and not available. So eh, that's kind of useless. Then you went out and you signed basically every big name free agent who was over 35. (laughs) Which, not to knock the age so much as there's a reason why they're all available. Because nobody really feels like they're worth what they're asking for. You get what you pay for, right? In order to get them on your team, they all had to take less. Number one, why were they willing to take less? Number two, if you're paying them little money... Why are you expecting big results? Your team's not good. Your team's not built well. It's not built well. It's got a lot of holes in that team. You're counting on a lot of guys to turn back the hands of time and get a little bit of youth on their side, and it just isn't there. I love Melo. You can't count on Melo. Not at this stage. He's got to be like a, a bonus piece. You know what he wa- exactly what he was for Portland, which is like, hey, if you contribute, great. If you don't, we got it. You're a smart player who can get hot from time to time, who could get us a big bucket if need be, but we're not going to count on you to give us 20 points a game. The Lakers set themselves up for failure, and now you're going to look at Frank Vogel and say, hey, your job's on the line, bro. What's he supposed to do? These are veterans, okay? These are guys who have been in the league 10, 15 years. What's Frank Vogel going to do to them to get them to play any better than they are? Like, they already know what to do. You're going to criticize his rotations? Ah, he's not, he's not subbing the right way. Like, come on, guys. It's stupid. All right, let's get into some real stuff. I want to talk about the uh, Bengals-Raiders game. Um... Because that, for me, that was the game that I was most excited about. I wasn't even excited about the Cowboys 49ers game, to be honest with you. I wasn't excited about it. Um, but the Bengals and Raiders, I was so excited about. Because this was Derek Carr's first playoff game. And again, foolishly, uh, he's going to be way overanalyzed based on the result of that game. Win or lose, a narrative was going to be created about Derek Carr. I was fascinated to see how that was going to turn out. Also, Joe Burrow, who, in my opinion, is is absolutely approaching that top five quarterbacks in the NFL. Okay, he's got an it factor about him that's just off the charts. Okay, so I was excited to see what he was going to play like. I was excited to see what Cincinnati was going to do, how they were going to fare in in, in, a, in a playoff game. The game went exactly how I thought it would. And I know that Raiders fans are kind of getting torn on Derek Carr. And I see a lot of similarities between Derek Carr and, surprisingly, Tony Romo. In terms of not getting enough credit for who they are, what they are, what they're doing. And not being properly valued by the masses and by the fans. Okay, And by the masses, I mean like sports media. Here's the thing. 
Here's the problem with Derek Carr. And it, to me, it showed up in that game. Okay? It, it showed itself. Derek Carr is just, he's just not special. He's very good. Derek Carr is a very good quarterback. Derek Carr, in a better situation, with a better team, with better weapons and better personnel, would do phenomenal. Now, he's doing a lot. As it is, he's doing a lot, and he's got very little help. Renfro, very good slot corner, but that's it. He's limited. Okay? Um, Darren Waller, good weapon, also a little limited. Okay, like that's all you got. Right on the outside, you ain't got no number one. You got no number one receiver. You got no number two receiver. You got Deshaun Jackson running around like this guy's not a threat at all. (laughs) It's not a threat. So in the offseason, I think the biggest thing they need to do is I think they need to get some weapons. But that's another show, another time. But that's the thing. Like, so Derek Carr is a very good quarterback who's more than capable of getting the job done, who's more than capable of doing a really good job, winning games for you. But he's just not, he he doesn't have any special quality or special trait. Do you understand what I'm saying? In that same game, Joe Burrow, on the other hand, there's something special about him. He's got a special arrogance to him. He's got a special confidence, demeanor, looks calm, looks confident, looks like he knows what he's doing. Swag for days. (laughs) Right? Throws it in in the right spot effortlessly. Like, there's just something about him when you watch him play. This guy's different. His attitude is just a little different. Right? He's got like, he's, it's a weird thing because it's like he's, he's cocky, but he's so like buttoned up. Like, he's cocky, but he's also so detailed or so ready to go, so precise in everything that he's doing, that it's it's like a weird contradiction. But to me, that's that was the difference in that game. That's what that game exposed. Joe Burrow is a special player, and Derek Carr is not. And that's not a knock on him. There's not many. There's not many special quarterbacks in the NFL. Most quarterbacks are really good. And then you got your solid ones, and then you got your bad ones. <laughs> Very few were like, you would look at him and say, you know, that guy's special. Even, look, even Tom, ah, I guess, I was going to say Tom Brady's not special, but he kind of is. Because he has like a weird psycho thing to him. That's his special trait, yeah. Uh, You got Aaron Rodgers is special. Tom Brady's special. Um, Patrick Mahomes has, his arm talent is insane. Joe Burrow's special. I mean, you know, Justin Herbert is special, but that's besides the point. <laughs> but yeah, man, that's I feel like that's what I saw. Was I think I think fans need to understand not everyone has to be elite. Like my quarterback doesn't have to be elite, top of the top of the tier, you know, top four in the league to win a Super Bowl. Like you don't need that. Derek Carr is definitely, wait, he's plenty good enough to win a Super Bowl. That team did him no favors, though. They need to stop all that uh, bringing in Marcus Mariota. Stop all that. You can't get in a rhythm. He comes in there, it's the 
five yard loss, it's like, oh, here you go, carved it. Figure it out. <laughs> it's like, what? You do him no favors. Also, this weekend, uh, I can't pretend as if I didn't watch the Rams and the Cardinals and uh, see Matt Stafford uh, win a playoff game. Now, the question is, am I impressed? No. <laughs> With Stafford, no. No, 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 no. I'm not impre- I wasn't impressed because Stafford, to me, did exactly what he was supposed to. He did what every quarterback in my position in that spot would have done. Um, and he did, to be honest with you, exactly what I feel like Jared Goff would have done in that same spot, which is the thing that started this whole, you know, Matt Stafford hate train for me. Was I never hated Stafford. I think Stafford's really good. But I just didn't understand the trade from, like, a GM perspective. Because I felt like what you need Stafford to do, he's never shown that he can do. Uh, and you've seen golf do it. So, again, not knocking Stafford and saying that he can't. I'm just saying I think the trade was a wash. I think you could have gotten the same game from Jared Goff, and if you look through the playoffs, you'll see a bunch of games from Jared Goff with the Rams that look just like that. But also, this team has, the Rams have sold out for a championship. They're all in. Uh, Their their roster is insane. The offensive weapons that Matt Stafford has is insane. If they don't get to a Super Bowl, it's, it's a disappointment. It's a failure, quite honestly, and it's a failure for him. Because the team around him is plenty good enough to do it. It's going to come down to him making plays. And we're going to see if he can. But I think also in that game, what we need to do is we need to uh, pause for a second and ask a serious question. How good is Kyler Murray really? Look, I'm going to go out on a limb. And uh, I I don't know what it is. But I know what it is. I know what it is, and I'm not going to say it. I don't know if I feel comfortable saying it. But I'm noticing a trend happening um, in the league and with the sports media. Um, and I don't, I don't like it, and I think it's wrong. I'm not, I'm not going to tell you what it is. Uh, if you pay attention, you'll see it too. But there seems to be... But, why is there a love fest for Kyler Murray? Kyler Murray goes against every single thing. Every conventional thought or wisdom about quarterback. He goes against it. He's small. Very small. You ever see him break the huddle? He's little. You ever see him standing next to the lineman? He's very small. He's a very small quarterback. Okay? He runs... That's about it. Look, he's got a great arm. Like, it's ins- his arm is insane. But here's the problem I have with Kyler Murray. Because he's small, the pocket's got to be clean. He's got to have a very clean pocket in order just to be able to see things happening. I, I'm be honest. I don't think he's very good. I don't. I don't. I think Kyler Murray's one of those guys that's always going to start the year really hot, 
It's going to be really good in the beginning of the year before the defenses catch up with the offenses because it happens every year. Offenses start off on fire, and then the defenses catch up, and by middle to end of the year, the defenses are on point, and now guys are starting to be exposed and saying, what happened? What happened is the defense kind of caught up, got their bearings about them, got in a little bit of better shape, got familiar with the schemes that they're running or whatever, and then I think Kyler Murray is always going to struggle down the stretch and in the playoffs. I just don't see it. I've seen him play multiple times. I don't see it. I think he's got a cannon of an arm, but I think his size, and he's limited. I think he's a great athlete. I think in high school, it works. You can run around, do whatever, great. In college, it works. Your team could just be far more talented than everybody else. In the NFL, where everyone's on an even playing field as far as talent, for the most part, it's way harder. I don't see Kyler Murray being a difference maker. I don't. And you could say, oh, he didn't have his top receiver. Fine. But he looked awful. He wasn't bad. Like, ah, you know, it was a bad game for him. He was awful. He was making awful decisions. It was awful. They put pressure on him. Game over. I think we need to be honest about it, man. I think, I think we need to look at it again and see if Kyler Murray is really that guy. I don't think so. He hasn't done anything. I, I'm tired of that. I'm tired of guys getting credited as being really good when they haven't done anything just because it looks cool. They said the same thing about Lamar Jackson. You see the, uh, the, the, the hype slowly backing away from him? They backing that train up. <laughs> Initially, it was like, oh, can he really play? And then it was like, oh, he won MVP. He's really good. And it's like, oh, is he regressing? Like, No. You keep changing your expectations and expecting these players, you're expecting their play to match your expectations. No, it's not how it works. Sorry. This weekend for me also exposed um, cliches, man. I'm, I'm tired of sports cliches. The, the thing, there was a couple blowouts this, this weekend, right? A wild card weekend. And one of the things that people kept talking about was... They kept saying, oh, you know, this team didn't come out ready to play. This team didn't come out ready to play. I, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard, okay? It is so dumb to say they didn't come out to play because they got blown out. No, the other team's just better. Have you ever, let me ask you a question. Have you ever seen a blowout from uh, a, 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 the top seed getting blown out by the lesser seed? Has it ever happened? No. No, it doesn't happen. The blowouts always happen because the better team always blows out the team that wasn't as good. Look, Kansas City's far superior to the Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't care how well how Pittsburgh came to play. It doesn't matter how they came to play. If both teams come in laser focused, that team way better than you. You're going to lose and it might look ugly. You want to know why? Because Pittsburgh, playing its best, is never going to beat Kansas City, playing its best. If, if they're firing, if they're laser-focused, ready to go, no mistakes, no show, strictly business, and it's the playoffs. Both teams are coming in like that. One team's just better, and they win. Hey, guess what? The Patriots, not as good as the Bills. So what does that look like? The Bills destroy the Patriots. Because they're better. They're better. Hey, 
The Bucks beat up on the Eagles. Eagles didn't come ready to play. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. There's just a talent gap. <laughs> They're just not as good. And so what does it look like when one team is laser focused and the other team is laser focused, but I'm much better than you? I'm going to have a much better day than you. Jalen Hurts played as well as he could play. He did everything he could. He came ready to go. He was going against his superior team. It looked bad for him. That's the way it goes. That's just the way it goes. Knock off all these sports cliches. Are we that dumb? Are we so dumb to think, hmm, NFL team is in the playoffs. They they worked and they fought like crazy to get there. And then they came and they didn't come prepared. They didn't practice all week. They didn't watch film. They didn't study. They didn't dream about this. They didn't prep. Nothing. They just showed up on the field thinking, this is fun. No, they prepared probably harder than any game this season. But you know what happens? You get in there. The other team is, the, is feeling the exact same way as you. They're laser focused like you. And they're just better. And you know what happens when they're not just clearly better? You get a good game. Like the Raiders and the Bengals. You get a solid game where it's close. Because both of those teams are coming in laser focused, ready to go. And they're kind of evenly matched. You get a close game. Hey, you get the Cowboys and the 49ers. Evenly matched. Both laser focused. You get somewhat of a close game. Competitive. That's what happens. The teams aren't close in talent. You're going to get a blowout. That's the way it goes. We like to say... uh, Goodbye to Ben Roethlisberger. He's done calling it a career, calling it a day. Listen, man, I was a fan of Ben Roethlisberger in, uh, at Miami of Ohio. And I actually thought in that draft he was better than Eli and, and Phillip Rivers. I thought he was the best quarterback in that draft. He was my favorite. I, I think I'm right on that. <laughs> I think when you really look at it, like who was actually the best quarterback, I think I think Big Ben was. I think Big Ben is the only one that could have gone to either one of those teams, whether it be the Giants or it be the Chargers, and had a very similar career to what he had. I don't think he was strictly a product of the surround the supporting cast. And I'm listen, no knock to the supporting cast. He had it he was in a great position. But I think he could have gone to the Chargers and and been just as successful. Actually I think the only not you know what, now that I'm thinking about it, the three of those guys are all right around the same. That's that's interesting to me. I listen, I loved Eli Manning coming out of college too. I did. Now, once he got to the Giants, you know, I had to hate. (laughs) But in reality, like, I've always thought Eli Manning was super solid. Is he a Hall of Famer? Eesh. Tough call. Tough call. I'm going to say no right now because I have to think about it. You know, for that matter, I would say Phillip Rivers isn't Hall of Fame either. I do think Big Ben is, though. 
I know, that's weird. How do I justify that? I'm having a real-time argument with myself to justify why Big Ben would be Hall of Fame and not Eli or Phillip Rivers. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I'll be honest, I don't know. That's a good question. Maybe a topic for another day. But with him leaving, um, I I can't I cannot for the life of me stress enough. I do not think the Pittsburgh Steelers should draft a quarterback in this upcoming draft. I keep hearing, I keep seeing, I keep reading. Kenny Pickett. They're going to draft Kenny Pickett in the first round. That's their guy. That's the guy who they got their eyes on. Massive mistake. Guys, Kenny Pickett is okay. He's okay. He ain't he ain't a, a franchise quarterback. It's not. Be listen, be wary of the guys you've never heard of before the final year when they were going to get drafted. Like be careful, be wary of those guys. Those are not the guys that like they have a a big final year and then become all the hype about them. Nah. Those are those are guys to stay away from. Now, people are going to say, "What about Joe Burrow?" Ah, well, dummy, I was paying attention to Joe Burrow long before his final season and thought he was worthy of being who he is and where he was drafted before that. So, just because you didn't pay it. You know what? I take that back. I take that. I, pick, I take back what I just said. <laughs> because I was just about to say, just because you didn't pay attention doesn't mean I wasn't. Yeah, I'm an idiot. You could say the same in reverse. People probably were paying attention to Kenny Pickett. I just wasn't. <laughs> My apologies for calling you dumb. Throw that whole, throw that whole thing out the window. I'm, I'm wrong. I'm wrong. I can acknowledge it. <laughs> I'm an idiot. Uh... But I listen, I've watched Kenny Pickett. I've watched some games. I've started working on some draft rankings. I've told you I got middle to late second round on Kenny Pickett. Total gamble. Don't think he's a franchise quarterback. I don't think he's a guy that's going to start for you multiple years. I, I just don't see it. And Matt Corral, I, I went into it thinking, nah. And, and. There is a little something about him, though. There is a there is a little something about him that I'm, that I'm starting to second guess my initial thoughts. Um, that's a second round pick for me too. It's like if you get through the first round, you get a, an additional weapon. You want to take a flyer on him? Yeah, go for it. I think in 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 the quick short game, fantastic. Right, best in college football as far as like quick slants, quick reads, all that stuff. Bang, Matt Corral's your guy. Laser, laser arm, accurate, all in the short stuff. Bang, bang, bang. Got you. Go a little deeper downfield. Nah, he's not going. He he's not the guy. He don't want to do all that. He he's a rhythm guy. You get it short, quick passes in rhythm. West Coast offense. That's your guy. Anything outside of that, it's gonna get rough. And if that first read's not there, nah, it gets a little dicey. And Malik Willis, nah. He's got the arm. He's got the arm. He's really fearless when it comes to throwing the ball downfield. He's going to take the shots. He's not afraid to make the throws. Sneaky, athletic. But again, it just kind of not really, doesn't really look like an elite player, a franchise quarterback. 
doesn't look like the guy you want running your offense for 10 years. Kind of seems like, eh, nah, he's, he's all right. Bailey Zappi? <laughs> the guy who I, who I dookied on for so long? That guy. That guy's got, he's got some juice. That guy, that guy, I like him a lot. He might, he might, for me, he might be the only first round pick of the quarterbacks. Might be the only guy I think is a first rounder. I haven't gone through everybody completely yet, but we're going to have a whole draft show coming up soon. But yeah, I just don't think the, but back to the point, <laughs> we've got off the rails. I don't think that the Steelers should draft a quarterback. I think it's a bad draft for quarterbacks. I think you have Mason Rudolph. I think you have, um, I, I, why do I keep, I forget his name, uh, Dwayne Haskins. You have Dwayne Haskins on the roster. I say you run with them. I say you have them compete for it in the offseason and then take your lumps. Worst case scenario, your team kind of stinks and then you're in line to get a quarterback next year or check free agency, man. Look, Jared Goff comes available. Not a bad idea, Pittsburgh. You know, Jimmy Garoppolo becomes available. Not a bad idea. You know, maybe Russell Wilson wants to come and you can make a play for him. I don't know. I'd be I'd be where I wouldn't draft a quarterback at all. And if I'm in that scouting office, I would say, nah, we're not getting a quarterback this year. And speaking of quarterback, it's time to talk about the Cowboys. Listen, if you're not a Cowboys fan, if you're not into hearing about the Cowboys, if you're not into hearing a Cowboys fan kind of just rant, that's it for today. (laughs) The rest of this show is going to be all about the Cowboys. So uh, I'll see you next week. Um, For those of you who choose to stick around, Listen, it's going to get ugly. We're going to have to be honest. Okay? Let's be honest. Nobody wants to say it. Everyone keeps dancing around it. Everyone keeps, like, sugarcoating it. What's the problem with the Dallas Cowboys? I'll tell you. Dak Prescott. That's it. That's the problem. That's the problem. I said it. I'm going there. Dak Prescott is the problem. Dak Prescott, okay, you know, actually, I was driving in my car the other day, and I, and I had the radio on, and somebody said something, and I had this thought come into my head, and I couldn't record, so I, I just opened up uh, the voice recorder and just spoke into the phone, so it would write down, so here's what I said. I said, if I need my offensive line to be top five in the NFL, if I need my running back to also be top five in the NFL, and I need my receiving core to be top five in the NFL... And I need my defense to be a top five defense in the NFL. Then how can I ever give any credit to the quarterback for winning games when he's literally winning with one of the best teams of all time? At some point, we need to stop calling for everyone around Dak Prescott to be better and just accept the fact that Dak Dak Prescott himself is not very good. I crush Baker Mayfield for the same reasons with a really good offensive line, with one of the best running games in the league, with a middle-of-the-road solid defense. The guy can barely get over the hump. Now Dak Prescott has the same issue. He's really good against bad teams where his team can look mightier than they are, but he goes against a team that is slightly better than his. All of a sudden, there's struggles, and we blame the fact that the offensive line isn't good enough. It's time to blame the quarterback. It was a lot. But the point is, did the offensive line play great? Did they play well? No, they didn't. 
Did the defense play their best? No, they didn't, but they played well enough to win. Has the running game been great? No. It's the same pro- God, this is the same problem I have with LeBron James, which is when his team is winning, he's so great, he elevates everything. As soon as they lose, it's he can't elevate everybody. He can't do it all. He needs a help. He needs help. He needs teammates. Dak Prescott's the same way. When they're winning, Dak Prescott's top five elite quarterback. When they're losing, ah, oh man, the offensive line didn't play well. You know, the running game was off all day and the receivers didn't come through. It's like, why is it everybody else's fault but his? He was trash. He's been trash. Yo, throw, throw the season numbers at me all you want to. Here, here's how it goes. Hey, Cowboys fans, tell me if I'm wrong. They go against a good team. They fall behind early. They look like crap the whole first half, halfway through the third quarter. They're down. Then all of a sudden, Dak Prescott starts putting up some numbers, throwing the ball around. We'll rack up a bunch of yards. The game, which was 30 to nothing, is now 30 to 21, and there's a chance. Oh, man, they got a chance. Dak Prescott now has completed 52% of his passes, but he's got 400 yards and three touchdowns. So at the end of the game, they lose by eight. Lose by seven. Oh, man, what a close game. They were close. Look at Dak Prescott's numbers. He had great numbers. Did you watch the game? Why, 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 why did they start the game with a three and out? Look, you watch the Cowboys offense. They come on the field and they're like, oh, man, Kellen Moore, he's, he's a bad play caller. What a bad game plan. Oh, Mike McCarthy, bad game plan. When have we ever talked about Green Bay's game plan? Who the hell knows what their game plan is? Whoever talks about Kansas City's game plan, the Buccaneers' game plan? Nobody knows. Who knows what their game plan is? Was the quarterback playing well or not? That's all that matters, right? Dak Prescott, is, is, we're done bailing him out. Look, in my opinion, this is karma. This is what they get. The way they treated Tony Romo was absolutely deplorable. Absolutely horrible. They built this. First of all, Tony Romo was winning with such little help. They were getting an 8-8, eight and eight and they were crucifying Tony Romo for not being better than 8-8. Eight and eight. Do you understand what the roster was? Do you understand what the roster was? Do you understand that before DeMarco Murray was running for like 1,800 yards, he hadn't had a 1,000-yard rusher? Never. Do you understand that his defenses were always bad? Do you understand that his offensive line up until about 2012-ish was always garbage? This guy was doing so much with so little, right? So little support. They finally build up this team around them, right? Offensive line, excellent, right? Top 10 picks, top 20 picks, perfect. Great offensive line. Then they go out and they draft a running back, Ezekiel Elliott. Oh, top notch, best in the draft. They pick him up. Tony Romo's now got a good receiving core, good offensive line, great running back behind him, good solid defense. This is it. And he gets hurt. And Dak Prescott, the guy that they drafted in the fourth round, 
He comes in and now he gets to step into that ideal situation. Rookie quarterback, really good receiving core, great offensive line, great running back behind him. What do you think is going to happen? Oh, exactly what did happen. Ezekiel Elliott ran for 1,600 yards. Things were humming. Dak Prescott did his job. He wasn't great. He wasn't exceptional. He did his job. And as a result, they won a bunch of games. You know what everyone did? Went Google Gaga for Dak Prescott. Oh, the whole league was wrong about him. No, they weren't. You want to know why they weren't wrong? Because what he is today is exactly what they thought he would be, which is why he got drafted in the fourth round. He's okay. He's okay. He ain't special. And he's not able to carry the load. He needs everyone and everything around him to be ideal in order to be successful. That's the way it is. Hey, break down the season. Yeah, he had 37 passing touchdowns. Do you know he had like 11 in like the last three games against the worst teams they played? I guarantee you if you break it down and you look at game by game against the better teams they played, he ain't do all that well. His best games came against the lesser competition. That's just a fact. That's a fact. Hey, do you know his record is way under 500 when the team doesn't rush for 100 yards in a game? Why is that? Because when you're not running the ball, you have to rely on the pass. You can't rely on Dak. You can't. They know that. Look, Dak's been in the league since 2016. Do you know what they did this year? They played zone coverage. Zone. Hey, do you know what every other what they tell about every other quarterback in the league? Don't run the same coverage play after play because any good quarterback is going to pick it apart. Do you think anybody's playing zone coverage every play against any of the top quarterbacks? No, they don't. You want to know why? Because they would get picked apart. That quarterback is good enough and smart enough and capable to make the plays to find the holes in that zone. You don't do that. Everybody switches up their coverage unless you're playing the Cowboys. And then you just run the same coverage, zone coverage. Dak Prescott's not good enough to beat it. Are you kidding? $40 million and the defense can just play zone on you and you're lost. Can't do anything. Sorry. What? Yeah, yeah. I started the show by saying... Did the Cowboys make a mistake paying Dak Prescott? Absolutely they did. You want to know why? Because in this offseason alone, Aaron Rodgers might be in play. Russell Wilson might be in play. Deshaun Watson, if he gets it together, he might be in play. And guess what? I'll even throw in Jared Goff. Do you think Jared Goff with the Cowboys roster wouldn't be able to win games? You don't think they would have a better shot of getting to a Super Bowl with Jared Goff than Dak Prescott? Jared Goff was ranked higher coming out of high school. Jared Goff was ranked higher in college. He was drafted higher. He was ranked as a better draft prospect than Dak Prescott. Every area of their life, he was graded higher at quarterback than Dak Prescott. Even now, people are starting to say, I'm starting to question Dak Prescott. Nah, my confidence is waning. Why? It's not because of stats. It's because watch the game. Watch the game. I said to my wife, and this was kind of funny, in the last drive of the game, they showed there was like a timeout and they showed Dak Prescott and he had no sweat. 
face dry as can be, neck dry as can be, coming off the field. (laughs) Now, I know this is stupid. I know this is silly. But I said, hey, that's not a good sign for me. I don't like that. I don't know why. It just rubbed me the wrong way. It's just he looked scared. He looked concerned. He looked nervous. And honestly, he looked like a guy trying to seem like he was being cool in a moment where he felt like, I don't, this is not going to end well for me. The guy has to try so hard to prove that he's still good that it gets in the way of just playing ball. Look, this season started for me against Tampa Bay in show number one saying, if you got to rely on Dak Prescott to throw the ball that many times, it's not a good recipe for winning. He's not that guy. So I was saying it week one. Now here we are, first game of the playoffs, wild card weekend, you're at home, you're going against the 49ers, it's the trendy pick to pick against the Cowboys this week, everyone was picking the 49ers, I think the 49ers are going to do it, upset alert, like it's not an upset bro, if everybody's picking that team, can we start to say, that's not an upset anymore, I just believe wholeheartedly in this idea that like, if you're going to be the quarterback, you have to have the ability to, like, make a play. Now, they're going to say, oh, when Dak Prescott escaped the pocket and threw it to Cedric Wilson and it hit his hands and he dropped it, he had to twist and turn for all that. You want to know why? Because Dak Prescott waited to the last minute to get out the pocket. He was staying in the pocket way too long instead of just playing football. Do you know what he did at Mississippi State? He just played football. If he had to run it 35 times, that's what he was doing. He was playing football, trying to win. Now he gets into the NFL and he gets in these spots where it's like, bro, go play football. Go make a play. Run if you have to. Do whatever it is you need to do. And he does. It seems like he's still trying to be a drop back traditional quarterback and do all this. You're not good enough. That's never been your specialty. You've never been good enough at that. At any level of football, that's never been what you are. Your greatest asset has been, number one, your toughness, and number two, your ability to make plays, whether that be with your legs or with your arm. But your arm is not what's carrying the day. You need both. You need to have a threat. The defense shouldn't be able to load up the box and say, we're going to stop the run and make you pass. And they damn sure shouldn't be able to say, we're just going to play zone. We're going to rush for play zone. And if you know they're rushing for and playing zone, that means I'm not. You know what? I told you a couple weeks ago that this team was fraudulent. And what I meant by it was I don't think they're as good as they appear to be. They're beating up on a lot of bad teams, a lot of bad quarterbacks. That's the same thing the Eagles did. The Eagles won seven straight games against no team with a winning record. No team that was going to be in the playoffs. They were beating up bad teams. Now, when you get to the to the playoffs and you're going against another team who's a playoff caliber, now we start to see how good is the team. And what you saw against the Bucks was the, the Eagles weren't that good. That's okay. The Cowboys weren't that good. The Cowboys went 6-0 and in their division. Right? 6-0. and Come on, man. 
they were what six and five against everybody else. Come on, man. I'm just saying. I don't think they were as good as their record was. And I think they have to be sitting there thinking, man. And I, and I, you know, I listen to all these shows. I read all these articles and they talk about how Dak Prescott's not good enough to carry the team. Well, then why is he making $40 million? Why is he paid like he's going to carry the team? Why is he paid like... The head of everything. It all stops here. This is the guy. Why is he paid that way if he's not that guy? Then just by definition, you overpaid. You made a mistake. You paid elite level money to a guy who was not elite. Huh? That's like paying that's like paying resale price for a pair of fake Jordans. Huh? Look, I'm not saying Dak Prescott couldn't win. I'm not saying he can't win a Super Bowl. I'm just saying if you, Dak Prescott's going to be your quarterback, you better make sure everything around him is top notch. And it wasn't this year. Straight up, it wasn't. That's just how it goes sometimes, I guess. Man. What a disappointment that was, huh? Disappointment. The problem I had with the game, look, I'm not, I'm not gonna get into the refs. You got penalized 14 times. That's on you. Randy Gregory literally tackled the lineman. <laughs> I swear, he, I think he thought he was the running back. He, he just tackled him. I will say though. Throughout the weekend, I think one of the dumbest things in the world. I don't understand why defensive holding is a five-yard penalty, but an automatic first down. Like, that's such a big penalty for such a minor offense. Like, offensive holding, you don't lose a down. It just replay the down. So why can a defender hold and it's like all automatic first down? Like, what? Why? That's so dumb. That's dumb. I can't be the only one that thinks that, right? So, like, and especially because defensive holding is if you grab a jersey even for a second, it's the holding. Automatic first down. It's like, that's that's not right. That's not right. The, the offensive player can hold, okay, Right, so let's say let's all right, let's say this. Let's say this. It's fourth, fourth and twelve. Right? The receiver runs a three yard slant. I grab him, hold for a second. He catches the ball, we tackle him, it's a gain of seven. You're saying up oh, holding on the defense, five yard penalty, automatic first down. What why? Why? But then at the same time you're saying the next play. Um, my defensive end can run around the edge, get held. You throw the flag. He hits the ball out of the quarterback's hands. We recover it, go score a touchdown. You say, holding, oh. Again, I'm an idiot. <laughs> Again, I'm an idiot. <laughs> Look, COVID brain, okay? I got COVID brain. Oh, man, what an idiot. 
I was literally making. Oh my god! Listen, I apologize. I didn't come to play. <laughs> I didn't come prepared today. All right. <laughs> Look, the the point is. Look, my point still remains. I think defensive holding being an automatic first down is stupid. Either make it a spot foul, and then you could be like, all right, if you held 10 yards down the field, it's a 10-yard gain, it'd be a first down, whatever. Or just make it a five-yard penalty and replay the down. I think to to make it automatic first down, it doesn't make any sense. Because, like, all sides on the defense is an automatic first down. It's just a five-yard penalty, and you replayed it down. I don't know. Unless you get the play, of course. But, like, again, like... I just, I think it's stupid. I think it's stupid that they do that. I think that's something they need to change. But the Cowboys earned their penalties, even if there were a couple that were kind of bogus and a little ticky-tack. It doesn't matter. You didn't do enough to win the game. You didn't do enough to deserve to win the game. I I don't think that anything happened that makes me feel like the the ref that you can blame anything. The end of the game was bad. I think in that situation, the league needs to put in there that the league can say, "Hey, you get one second because just the way that we we operate is physically impossible. The game should never end like that, especially not a playoff game." Um, I think they could they they, they could have been like, "You have a sec. There's a second on the clock. That's our bad." Or if they realize we're not going to get there in time, official timeout. You know what I mean? There should be something like that. That's my time for today, y'all. My apologies for the uh, the little foggy brain moments, you know. <laughs> I hope you laughed. You know, hope you found some entertainment in it. I thought it was kind of funny. Uh, you know, the show is called Sometimes I'd Be Right. Sometimes I'd Be Idiot, too. But, you know, it happens. Happens to the best of us. Predictions for this week. Bengals, Titans. I'm going with the Bengals. <laughs> I might regret that, but I'm going with the Bengals. I'm going with my heart in that one. Uh, 49ers, Packers, guess what? I think 49ers get it done. Not because I think they're better than the Packers, but I just think that they got a little mojo going. I think the Packers might take a little too long to get started. Rams, Buccaneers. I got to go with the GOAT. Buccaneers win that one. Bills, Chiefs. I'm going with the Bills. I like what the Bills are doing. I like their energy. Uh, They're young enough, naive enough to think that they could do it. I think they get it done. That's my show for this week. Listen, y'all. Hope you had a good time. Hope you enjoyed yourself. If this was your first time joining us, I hope you come back. Join the Cyber Family. And to my Cyber Family, thank you, thank you, thank you for the continued support. Again, apologies for last week, but I was sick, y'all. Cut me a break. I want y'all to have a good week. Listen, stay safe out there. Be smart. Mask up if need be. Vax up if need be. Protect yourselves. Protect your families. We all in this together. God bless.